thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us for Jesus the Heater. Welcome. Come on in. We're ready for a good time around the Word. We want you to get your Bible, follow along with us, get a notepad, get pen, paper, pencil, device, whatever you take notes on, and become a student with us today. Amen. We're just thrilled that... I tell you what, the Word always thrills us, and we're thrilled that we get to take this time together with you to spend in the Word. Amen. Um, throughout the course of our broadcasts, I would at different times refer uh, to my husband's unexpected homegoing and uh, how our family handled that because um, everyone's going to have to deal with the emergencies of life. Faith doesn't mean circumstances don't arise. Faith means that we already have the outcome defined before it even plays out in this realm. We know this victory always belongs to us. <clears throat> and so I'm going to take the next episodes and I'm going to teach in detail about um, what God taught us during that time. Amen. And it's not going to be a sad teaching. <laughs> I have a book on it called Victory Over Grief and Sorrow. And... Um, the emphasis of that title is victory. It's not grief and sorrow. And so we invite you, become a student. You say, well, that doesn't really apply to me. You know, I'm not just referring to a time when someone uh, goes home to be with the Lord. What about just circumstances in life and different times of life that things turned out differently than you wished them to? You know, grief and sorrow doesn't just come or the opportunity to enter into grief and sorrow doesn't just come when someone goes home to be with the Lord. It, it, what about when a, 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 a home breaks up, a marriage doesn't work out, a, a, a home is lost, a business is lost, family members do something different than what you wish. There are so many opportunities that the devil wants to take advantage of to try to gain an entrance. And so <clears throat> these truths work all across the board. They don't just work for when someone goes home to be with the Lord. For any kind, any, in any, the face of any storm, the face of any test, we have to know what is the word response so that we will derive our response from the word instead of getting our response from the cues of people who don't know the word. Amen. And so I want you to listen with that in mind, not just thinking I'm talking about someone going home to be with the Lord, but find your answers for the storms of life that you'll face. 
um, in these in these teachings because the word works the same in every arena of life. And uh, we need to know what the word says. Amen. Amen. As I said, we're all going to face tests and trials. We're all going to face opposition. We're all going to have those times in the emergencies of life. And someone will say, well, that's not faith. Well, then you don't understand what faith is because faith does not eliminate circumstances. Faith overcomes circumstances. And so that's what you need to understand that we're always uh, we, we always have the answer available to us no matter what circumstance arises. Amen. Um, I would also say this. There are some people who fear or dread, um, if I could say this, the time when a loved one goes home to be with the Lord. They fear that moment. They dread that time. And uh, we need to be taught how to respond to it. If we're not taught... And, and, and we don't know what the word says about it, then we are on, unsha- we're on unsteady ground. Yes. But if we know what the word says, then the word disarms. When we act on the word, when we become doers of the word, we renew our minds to the word, um, then it disarms the difficulties of those kinds of seasons. Amen. Amen. Knowing and believing what God's word says shuts out the, shuts the door to grief and sorrow. Now, um, Brother Hagen, Noah's brother Copeland came out one time in a service recently and he said, look around you. And there was, you know, a conference, a convention center full of people. And he said, unless Jesus tears is coming, everyone's leaving. <laughs> everyone's going to die at some point if, if Jesus tarries is coming. So that's nothing to fear. It's just... Um, if I could say this, it's one step out of this world to the next. And we need to have the right mindset toward that. Why? So that fear does not overshadow us. Now, so I'm going, and as I said, this is not going to be sad teachings. (laughs) It, the light of the word lifts everything. Amen. Um, now let me, I'm I'm going to follow my notes because I don't want to leave some things out. I want to make sure I say some things because it's going to help people all along the way. And we have to know this grief and sorrow. Those are not simply emotions. They're not simply emotions. They are the flow of the kingdom of darkness. And they will affect emotions, but they are not just simply an emotion. Fear and grief robs us of peace, robs us of hope, faith, life, health, joy, robs us of soundness of mind. And I tell you what, a sound mind is important. Amen. So we have to realize grief and sorrow are not simply emotions that there is a spirit of grief, a spirit of sorrow that comes from Satan. And if people get under the weight of that, it, uh, it causes them to struggle. And there's no need for that. I said, there's no need for that. And and let me just say, take it from me personally, take it from the word, but also take it from someone who has faced unexpected sudden death. And I, and I just want you to know the word was more than enough for that season of my life. And it's more than enough for any season of our life. The wonderful thing about it is Jesus paid the price for us to be free and live free from grief and sorrow. He paid the price for it. He defeated this enemy for us. Right. Amen. 
and it is an enemy. Amen. We must take a firm stand of victory against it, knowing that grief and sorrow are defeated foes. Anytime they approach, anytime any opposition approaches, you always handle it and address it and face it with the mindset, this is a defeated foe. Amen. And it's something that we cannot tolerate and put up with for even a moment because if we give it an inch, it will take more than an inch. (laughs) Amen. We're to take a bold stand against this conquered enemy. Amen. Grief is not a way to express our love for someone. It's not a flow of love. It's not a flow of honor. It's not a flow of respect. If it was, why did Jesus come redeem us from it? Amen. So it is an enemy to mankind. Isaiah chapter 43, and you can turn with us in your Bible. Isaiah chapter, excuse me, 53 and verse 4. Isaiah 53 and verse 4 reads this. It says, surely, talking about Jesus, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Well, listen, if he carried it, you got no business carrying it. If he bore it, there's no sense in both of us bearing it. And if he needed to bear it, it's because we couldn't. No one can live successfully under the burden of grief and sorrow. That's why it took him coming to bear it because no human could bear it and come out better for it. Amen. 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 And the price he paid means our total and complete freedom and victory from it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Just learn, learn to not put up with what other people call normal. Because to the, to the renewed mind, we take on the definitions of the word and not the definitions of the flow of the world around us. Amen. Boldly declaring that Jesus has made you free from it. You have to boldly declare, that won't ever enter my house. Grief and sorrow will not enter my life. It will not enter my house. It will not enter my family because it's a conquered enemy. And you have to deal with it that way. Approach it that way. Amen. Amen. Because if someone gets, if they, if they yield to grief and sorrow. Now I'm talking about, I'm not saying that people won't weep at the time of, of, an, of a certain event that may happen. I'm not saying that that's wrong. What I'm saying is to get under the spirit of that. Yes. To get under the flow of that that pushes you down. Because it, uh, the devil wants to entrench you in the wrong flow. Yes. And to to a place to where, if I could say it this way, you feel like you can't get out of it. Uh, But that's not what belongs to us. Amen. Uh, Regardless of what you may feel, regardless of what emotions may try to do, think right. And follow right thinking. Amen. How do you do that? Well, know what the Word says, and we're going to talk about that in, in today and upcoming episodes. But you have to continue to rejoice in your freedom. Yes. You have to rejoice. I am, the, I am free. I am free. I am free. And when these things try to sit on you, try to sit on your mind, try to take a place in your emotions, 
uh, you're going to have to do something that won't allow them to get comfortable. (laughs) And you can rejoice grief off of you. You can rejoice sorrow off of you. Amen. And we'll talk more about it. Go with me to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. And we're going to look at verse 4. This is... This is something that is so important for every believer to get hold of. Mm-hmm. I'm, going to, I'm going to point out certain words in this verse, and it's critical to us that we become skillful with this. Romans chapter 15, verse 4 reads, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. So he's saying this, the word is written so we can learn. Yes. What's that mean? Yes. We have to become a student. Yes. <laughs> Don't assume you know it all. Right. That's right. That's right. Become a student. It's written so we'll learn something. Yes. So what's that mean? We need to pay attention. Yes. We need to learn from it. Don't keep, you know, if we keep doing what we've always done, we're not learning. Someone may be telling it to us, but we're not learning it if we keep doing it the wrong way. Right. You know, um, <clears throat> when I was about 10 years old, I started taking piano lessons. And... Uh, I took for about a year or two from one teacher, and then when I, get, when I got more advanced, I switched and took from another teacher. And she used to say to me, she said, people will say practice makes perfect. She said, that's not true. Practice does not make perfect. Because she said, you can practice something wrong and learn it wrong. Yeah, and right. learn it perfectly wrong. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> she said, perfect practice makes perfect. Yes. <clears throat> so you can learn something, but if you learned it wrong, realize that we need to relearn some things. And the word is, the word is going to give us the right definition, the right understanding, the the highest flow of knowledge. So notice these things, Romans 15, 4, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now know this, that through patience and look at this phrase, comfort, of the scriptures. Learn that your comfort flows from the word. Your comfort does not flow from emotions. Your comfort does not flow from what people say or don't say. The comfort for the believer, the highest flow of comfort is from the word. That means we have to learn to let words be our pillow. Lay our head down on those words at night. Let those words cycle through that we're not looking for something out here tangible to feel comfortable before we're comforted. Our comfort comes from words, God's words. Now, don't misunderstand me. Someone can speak kind words to you and they may be soothing to you. They may be, uh, you know, an encouragement to you. But if they're not word-based... If they're not in line with the word, you won't be able to recline on them long. They'll fail you. But the comfort of the scriptures. I love that phrase, the comfort of the scriptures. And you have to decide that the scriptures are enough for your comfort. You have to decide. And uh, that doesn't mean we're cold and we're independent of people. That means that anything that comes to us, if it's not in line with the word, it's not going to bring comfort. And we, we, we run everything through the word. Yes. Yes. When something is said to us, we run it through the word and say, is that what the word says? Because I don't want to attach my comfort to something that's not word-based because it's going to fail me if I do. So this is key to us. Now, 
I want to go back when it says, again, the first part of the verse, Romans 15, 4, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. Notice this. We have to learn that, the, that our comfort comes from the scriptures. Learn that. Yes. Yes. This is written for our learning. Yes. <clears throat> we have to learn that the, that the word is the only certain and sure place of comfort. Yes. That means every time we open the Bible and we read it, we draw comfort out of it. Yes. <clears throat> we draw our comfort out of it. Yes. You say, well, Pastor Nancy, I live in a home where maybe... I'm the only one in my, in my family who's saved, the only one in the household who's saved. You're not alone. You've got the comfort of the scriptures. Yeah, right. When other family members aren't offering you encouragement in the flow of God, in the plan of God, in the direction of God, no problem. You've got all the comfort you need by opening up that scripture. Amen. Not only that, he gives us a local church with a family of those who are also uh, deriving their comfort from the same word you're, you're deriving your comfort from. Amen. Learn to recline yourself on the scriptures. They will support your life. Amen. They, they, are, far, they are far greater. God's word is far greater. The scriptures that you feed on are far greater than any opposition you'll ever ever face. Amen. Amen. Now you have to know this, that when you derive comfort from the scriptures, notice this, that you might have hope. That's where your hope comes from, the word. It doesn't come from comfort out here because circumstances out here may show you no hope. No problem. The scripture shows you your hope and we're comforted by the, by those scriptures. Amen. So God comforts us by giving us his word. He doesn't comfort us by petting our flesh. Amen. Haven't you ever noticed, I mean, you, you, sometimes you're going through a test or trial and God will say something to you. If I could say this, it might be a little firm. And you go, oh my gosh, you know, I'm kind of going through a lot. Does he know? Yeah, he does know. But he's comforting you with his word, not comforting you with your flesh. Not comforting you with your emotions. The way he comforts us is he gives us words. Why? Because these are words of faith. Yes. Words that can be, can be believed. Words to meditate on. Words to focus on. Yes. Words to hold to. Why? Because they hold our miracle. Yes. His word holds yes. our miracle. His word holds our restoration. His word holds our victory. That's why he hands us his word and says, if you will take your comfort from this, there's nothing that, that you can't overcome. Amen. So we have to, if I could say this, recalibrate, do a reset on our thinking that we realize the comfort of the word is what I need in my life. That means we quit running to people at a time of crisis. Now, don't misunderstand me. There are people that God puts in our life to be a blessing and that's certainly fine. But we, our first response should not be to run this direction. Our first response should be run here to the word in us. Amen. And when many people run into an emergency, they run into a crisis. The first thing they'll do is pick up a phone and start calling somebody. Mm, yeah, you might need to check that. Pick up the word and run to it. Yeah. Amen. Turn to the word that has been sown in you and start, what does the word say? Dad Hagen used to teach us this and he said this to us often. He would say, no matter what 
circumstance you face in life, ask yourself this question, what does the word say? What, where does he get that from? He recognizes your comfort, your hope, your help, faith, everything comes from the scriptures, comes from the word. Learn to turn there first. Many times people turn their last after they have tried all the natural things, after they've gone through all the programs out here, all the steps out here that someone would advise or counsel them about, and nothing lasts out here that they're being referred to, and then they go and they start turning toward the Word when they, they've lost ground. The devil has been building his case against them the whole time that they've been working on a different route rather than taking the route of the Scriptures. So just, we have to learn. Remember, this is for our learning. Yes. We have to learn, run to the word first. Yes. Look to the word first. Turn to the word first when the crisis of life shows up because it's going to show up for everybody. Yeah. Amen. 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 When we know what the word says and believe it, then we're comforted. If we're not comforted, we're not believing it. We can know what the word says. We can know. We can have enough knowledge of the word to know what the word says about a situation or circumstance we're facing. But if we're troubled by it, if we're still troubled by that circumstance, if we're fearful, we have to attach our believing to that word. It's not enough to know what the word says. We have to believe that word. Amen. So when we know what the word says and believe it, that's going to arrive us at comfort. Why? Because we're going to have victory. And victory is always a comfort. (laughs) Amen. The part of the word that we believe is the part of the word that comforts us. If there's some part of the word we don't have big in us, that's an invitation to feed, meditate on that word so that it becomes real to us. Because if we don't know a certain part of the word, then that word can't comfort us. If we don't believe that part of the word, then that part can't comfort us. Um, in 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 the church I grew up in, precious, precious people loved God. We just didn't know. We just didn't know that much about the word. We didn't know that much about the word. Uh, I never heard a salvation message in that church. I never saw an altar call given in that church. We weren't comforted by salvation because we weren't hearing it. I I know of a relative who said, "I've I've been part of this church for 50 years and I've never heard that salvation message before. The first time they heard the salvation message, they said, I've been sitting in my church 50 years. I never heard that. Wow. See, that, why that word wasn't heard, therefore they, they weren't comforted with salvation while they were in that church. They had to go to a different place to hear it, to be comforted, the comfort of, of, of the new birth. You understand that? I never, I never heard any teaching on divine healing there. And I'm not belittling that. I'm just saying because it wasn't taught there, no one was comforted with healing. I never saw anyone receive their healing in that church. I never saw uh, hands laid on or anyone prayed for for healing in that church because the part we don't know cannot comfort us. So that's why we want to get that word in us because the more the word we have in us, the more, the broader the foundation of comfort we can draw from. We'll have a broader foundation of comfort to draw, draw from. Amen. Amen. 
The comfort of the scriptures is unlike any human comfort because this is divine comfort. Think about it. It's divine in its source. It's divine in its origin. When you are, when you are drawing on the comfort of the word, you're just drawn, you are drawing on the flow of heaven. There have been times in the situations of life that I would go, in myself, I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Just naturally, I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So I would, if I could say this, I would stop. Go to a place where I could, if I could say this, turn away from everything I was seeing. Mm -hmm. Turn away from what I was feeling and turn toward the greater one in me. Turn toward the word. Turn toward Jesus. And I w- there were times that I would say, Jesus, I thank you for your all-conquering blood. At this moment, that all-conquering blood is working for me. And I would imagine, see, God gave you your imagination. The, it tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It doesn't say cast down all imaginations. It casts down all the ones that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. But if your imagination is in fulfillment of the knowledge of God, don't cast it down. It will help you. So for example, I remember at times when I felt alone or times when I I felt naturally overwhelmed. I would sit and I would imagine, Jesus, I thank you that your blood Mm -hmm. is still flowing. And I would imagine him just putting those hands on me where the blood flowed out and just touch me. And I'm just sitting there receiving of the comfort of what I know, of who he is and what he's provided divine comfort. And I could only draw on that divine comfort because I knew what the word said. Amen. 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 When you know greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And you can lay down in your bed at night and soak in those words and see them as more than words. See them as the redeemer, the savior who purchased that freedom for you. Amen. Amen. See him in the room with you. Imagine that. Imagine him with you. Yes, he's in you. Yes, he's around you. But at times when you know what the word says, you can draw on him present there. Uh, If I could say this, enforcing those words in your life. Well, praise the Lord. You don't want to miss next time. We got so much more to say. We've been teaching out of my book called Victory Over Grief and Sorrow. We invite you, go to our website and you can purchase, order your copy there and uh, we'll get it out to you because we don't want you to just hear this once. We want you to get it over and over and over again. And when you read a book, you can, you can, you can, uh, if I could say this, you can fast forward, you can rewind real easy and hear it over and over again. Amen. So we invite you to go to our website at deframeministries.org and you can purchase your copy there. But until, until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit deframeministries.org. In the book, Victory Over Grief and Sorrow, Nancy Dufresne shares from firsthand experience how even death is no match for the mighty force of peace that is available to every believer. Order this book now at deframeministries.org. 
It is possible to live untroubled and undisturbed even in the presence of the enemy. In this book, Peace, Living Free From Worry, Nancy Dufresne teaches us how to close the door to worry, fear, and doubt. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DeframeMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.